0: the Marseille view. Uh, It's been a couple of weeks, Um, there's a lot of games, a lot of stuff, and as as usual, apologies for not doing this more often. Um, But here we are, and we're back to cover the recent games and some of the news. Um, It's quite. We're going to have a bit of fun with the format tonight, I guess, and try and do it chronologically. So we'll start by covering the Monaco game, um, and then was the end of the Mercato, and there's, there's some funny stuff to cover. Uh, but also some interesting signings and then Nantes and Nice, which were our last two games. Joining me and helping me is Alex. Welcome back. Hello. Hi, everyone. Good, uh, Happy good to be you back. back. Yeah, you've been traveling, yeah. mate. You've been, what, Argentina?
1: Colombia, Colombia oh, and yes. Belgium. So a bit of a different of style between the two countries. But yeah, <laughs> been tra- tra- travelling a lot for for work. So uh, but I brought back a Colombian shirt, Colombian scarf, like a uh, proper footique. So uh, all good.
0: But well, as long as you didn't bring back fucking Luis, Luis Suarez, we're all we're all good, mate. It's
1: all good. <laughs> um,
0: and Charles, you, you, you know, you impressed us so much last time um, and you were the only other person available tonight. So welcome back. Good to have you back, buddy.
2: <laughs> that's, that's a great introduction. Thank you, Ben. You, you put, I feel like Vitinia yesterday. I'm so good to start again.
0: <laughs> yeah, i you in the deep end
2: straight away. Um, yeah, exactly. You boost my that's... confidence just now.
0: No, nice. it's good. Well, you know, to be fair to you, you um you yeah, you've off 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 air. Um he's been he's been telling us he's got all the stat websites open and stuff. So we'll see, maybe we can actually give the listeners some half decent analysis that isn't just based um on a few drunkards down the pub watching the game. So let's dive <laughs> in. Um last time we spoke, we'd just beat in Lorient and we were all excited um there were there were transfer rumors going around um we were approaching the deadline and but we had an all-important game against Monaco coming up now we played Monaco at the velodrome um we we won there just before the World Cup didn't we and it was a hard-fought battle uh actually got the winning goal like 30 seconds from the end of the game and then it was a difficult game, and Aris went, went off injured, but but it was sort of like Monaco, one of those annoying teams that, that always give Marseille a difficult game, I found, in recent years. Um, and it, it was no different, right? Um, it was a 1-1 draw in the end, but the, the first half was dreadful. I think it was probably our worst first half for months. Um, they were all over us, and, and I feel if 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 it was 3-0 Monaco at half-time, it wouldn't have been undeserved to be honest because they just they, they created so much and we were nowhere to be found in in response. Um Alex, were you shitting yourself?
1: <laughs> um yeah I mean look the, the first half were, were was difficult. I think one of the key things that, you know, the, the better team, you know, the Monaco and, and, and Nice later on I've seen is starting to find a way to play. So, obviously, we're a team that really is strong on man-to-man. And so, you know, and, and we press so high that we tend to leave a lot of space. So, what we see with Monaco where they've done so well in the first half is, you know, they, they spread the team wide, but they, they spread also, you know, very long on the pitch. So, our pressing is difficult to be as compact. And what they do, Monaco, with a bit of you know technical skills from the like of of uh, um, Ben Seguir, for instance, or Yedder, they find these guys, you know, um, uh, with like a long pass or a straight pass right down the middle, and and then these guys with the technical skills find their fast guys in counters like Golovin and Jata and so on. And, and it was extremely dangerous. Monaco had like three, four, five chances like this in space, just because they've they've been able to beat up our, our press by the way they they spread the pitch and because of their technical skills, and and they had the speed up front to to create some some danger. So um, it was really difficult. And in a way, it's, when we talk about Nice later on, it's a little bit the same way that Nice Nice approach the game. People really want to you know, suck, in, suck us to their side of the field um, and then counter us with, you know, some speed and uh, it, cr- creating some some good opportunities. So um, it was difficult. And then in, in the second half, um, we came back with a lot more intense press and we didn't let them, you know, uh, having the time on the ball and came with a lot, lot more dynamism. And I, I, we we equalized um, straight away in second half. And um end of the day, it was a deserved draw. You know, each team had their own half. Um, you could feel we could have had a penalty. And, and overall, we had maybe the better chances. But, you know, it was a hand of our, uh, I think, eight games winning streak. And it was a draw yeah. against Monaco, against a good team. And you, you could say it was kind of a fair result.
0: It, it was fair, and, and I think I'm going to say it again. I think it's probably the, the sentence if people have been listening for a few years. I, I probably the sentence I've said the most on this show was a game of two halves. Um, it was. Um, I think Blanco, and, and this was this was interesting. So Paul Lopez was uh, had a, a slight injury, so didn't play. Um, Blanco saved our bacon in the first half. Um, he he seems. I mean, I, I don't know why a lot of people seem to, to not rate him or whatever, but um he, he's a really good keeper on his line like he will save shots but his distribution is obviously nowhere near lopez but it's hard to compare because lopez is, is really an, an outlier like he's in the top european goalkeepers for, for distribution and playmaking so um it was it was defended the defending was was torrid um we were under pressure a lot because there just seems to be a lot of, of issues um charl i mean just your, your overall thoughts similar to alex
2: yeah, I think Alex described the situation pretty well. Um, I think also it's a game where Tudor reacted re- accurately and made the right subs. I think in the first time everyone started to complain about Gendouzi. We all know that he can run a lot, but it doesn't with a lot of challenges. Plus, it was a game where we try again to play under as a right fullback or whatever you want to call it in his, in his role. So Tudor quickly reacted in the second half, took Genduzi out, switched Nuno to the right side. They brought uh, Kolazinac a bit forward, and Baladi came back at the back. And with once again with Baladi, Kolazinac, and you know, we starting to win those challenges again, those one one that Alex just described. So I think Tudor made the right uh, subs at half time, and then oh, we true. played we played our game again uh in the second half plus they got tired and I think it was Gigo and Kolasinage I think it took them like two or three big tackles to deal with the Ben Seguir issue like once at the <laughs> first one that's the one just after the second line so that was pretty good um yeah so and once again I mean Alexis Sanchez has just been outstanding the whole game I mean just oh,
0: man, he was that, that so was...
2: impressive second half like you feel like he was alexis sanchez he was, Marcelo, he was everywhere winning challenges back pressing high just it was just outstanding so yeah it's, it, of, it's um, one of the few performances that as a marseille fan i can I like individual performances I, I i guess i'm gonna always remember uh, it was just everything complete player
0: like, La grinta as we say beyond beyond his ability it was just the mentality is like that's what you want to see you want to see ideally every one of our players, but even if it's just two or three of them at the vel like the, the 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 stadium was going crazy every time he such a ball which was like because he was just winning it back and then launching the counter attack so it, it was i mean and, it was yeah it was he dropped back didn't he i mean just just to to bounce back off what you you both said and it's it's right and and chudar has has been quite good at this um not only substituting personnel but the system tweak i mean nuno Tavares... Um, we, we, they were having a lot of joy down the left side in the first half. So he put Tavares on the right and that blocked Caio Enrique. But, but not only that, but because he, he's left footed, he obviously drifted inside quite a bit. And it was um, it was a huge problem for Monaco. I mean, despite, yes, you, some people would expect for some unknown reason that he'd, he'd score two or three goals uh, because he got into those positions. But his athletic and technical ability is 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 above average of ligand that's great but he he changed the game um balardi had a great appearance like he just stabilized the back line and um was was always positive with his passing um and and he moved i mean i can't remember exactly when it happened but he he moved sanchez back into one of those two number 10 roles and i think it was under up front for some reason um or they were interchanging under malinowski up, up in that false nine position but the minute Sanchez dropped a bit deeper, we, he was just winning every ball in midfield. It,
2: it, so, Charlie,
0: you were it, going to say... A
2: sorry. different class. He is. You were going to say, Charles. Yeah. Charles. No! Uh, it was Alex. It's fine. I was about to oh. say, quick start, guess how many shots had Tavares during that game? Because, like, from the moment oh. he moved to the right, he was Ari and Robben-style. Oh. Just cutting yeah, eight or nine? Five, shit. at least. Five, at nine, least. No? Yeah, five, at least. Yeah, you're far from the number.
0: Eight and nine. oh really
2: nine <laughs> shots three yeah, on target
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was non-stop <laughs> no, man,
0: no, it, was, it was a decisive change and it was good i mean this this is why i mean like Tudor he's done well right personally i feel he's done really well and stuff in the results and, and and the style we that's what we want in Marseille is, is fighters you know, warriors but but he he he's showed a bit of intelligence there because Klus was back right I mean Klus was I don't I know I don't know if he was in the squad.
2: no Klus wasn't ready no he wasn't for Monaco but for
0: Nauti was but but he put yeah to to move Tavares of all people Tavares on the right um you sort of go that's ballsy but also he he just knew that that would not only nullify their threat but that we needed someone to drift a bit more inside into the middle of the pitch and it paid off so I, we know he's learning and stuff and, and you know he makes his mistakes and we'll talk about that when we cover yesterday's game. But some of the stuff he tries is fucking ambitious. I respect that.
1: Yeah, I remember, remember that game. The first half actually, we had a problem because we had Malinovsky on our you know, right uh, right half space and then Under as a right wing back. But both of them are lefties and both of them are coming back on their left and then trying to cross us on. So it was extremely easy for uh, Monaco to defend. They knew that nobody, or, or, or in very few occasions, uh, would one of these guys, you know, try to run through the line to cross with, with, with their right foot. So basically, we kind of nullified. The, Monaco was able to nullify what is usually our strength, which is that right side, because we had Malinovsky and Under, you know, both doing the same thing, basically. And I think the switch to put Tavares there, who can play both feet, um, and he can he can run through the line and cross with his right and um, and he's you know he, he loves to have a, a run and, and just you know bully bully defender change the whole complexity of everything because he put then Malinowski on the left hand space and under was there still still available on on the right hand space be able to do his cross which is i think our, our best weapon overall And Tudor kind of rebalanced the team and and that made a lot of difference in the second half. So, you know, what what we've seen is Tudor have have taken some decisions we haven't always worked over over the last few weeks in terms of the team to start. But compared to before, he was more ready to change at halftime and usually the changes he makes, you know, have been working.
0: yeah it's, well we we again it's yeah we we had the chances in the second half, probably more chances than them, but but there's I felt in the first half were more sort of decisive, but but that uh, could draw was a result um again, uh, just just to finish on this game that i've got I've got a view on this, but what did you reckon of the the, the penalty incident, sean I mean, beyond the fact it's a stone penalty is it is it another case of they're blind?
2: Which, sorry, which the, player?
0: The, the, the against Monaco, Kolasinac gets, uh,
2: basically yeah. gets
0: his ankle amputated. Pretty much, it's an amputation, <laughs>
2: though, challenge Yeah, I, I just, I mean, every game this is happening, so I kind of gave up on that, on referees giving us anything. Um, but what is crazy is that that same referee, the game after, gave a very easy penalty and I just, well, I'm just so confused. Like, you have to be consistent. Two
1: PSG. You, you yeah. can add the little... Uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just so confused. Like, you you have to be consistent. If that's not a fall, because you think it's part of a one-to-one challenge. I'm fine with that. I can understand. But don't give that kind of a penalty just literally two days after. So, yeah, I just referees... I mean, we'll never get any consistent refereeing in France. And... I have my thought about that, my own conspiracy theory. But to me, it was a clear penalty. <laughs> I mean, it would happen in the middle of the pitch or worst case, like a goalkeeper cleaning the ball and the striker is tackling. It will be a clear free kick. And here, because it's quite the opposite, it doesn't give anything. So, yeah, it's just been very inconsistent.
1: I, I think for me, I, I guess the, the referee didn't quite see at the time because... of no, 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 was, no, no.
0: He stood right next to it, mate. He was two metres away.
1: I, 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 look, I, I'm I'm trying to guess. <laughs> you know, he's focus. I, I would assume he's focusing on the shot because it's an important chance. Maybe he doesn't quite see the ball is gone, and he wasn't too sure because you know it would have been a big decision. And what happened? And what I want to emphasize is the main problem with the vice. Usually, they don't want to take over the game. They don't want to you know, uh, uh, change the the decision of the referee. They're a bit scared of calling the ref and all that stuff. So they just let things slip. Um, Which is not at all what the goal goal of the VAR should be, especially on something that clear. Uh, But I I think that kind of, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, pride of the referee with... VAR coming and overjudging them and so on. I think there's a lot of beyond, you know complex relationship between the VAR and the referees in general. But
0: beyond, the, the, the big problem, and this is still the case, I checked because I wasn't sure because I was hoping they changed it. But Liga, 1, Liga, 1, right, get this, is the only European league where I mean I don't know quite how they rate the referees in other leagues, but I know that this this doesn't come into account. That if they if they are overruled by the, the, the VAR, the VAR. They get negative ratings against them, and that means they could lose themselves refereeing in league the, the, next, the next week. So that is um, go? that is completely stupid. It makes no sense. And, to, and they should use it, and they should be encouraged to use it. Just imagine
2: exactly. that. Just imagine the atmosphere in the changing room after that. Like the guy, the, VAR, uh, the referee at the VAR, just overruled his, his friend. Or his colleagues, let's maybe not friends, but his colleagues. It's just like, yeah, I fuck you up, but really nicely. Today you're gonna get a negative rating thanks to me. Yeah, it's gonna oh, be a great atmosphere good. in the change room after I mean, so I'm, They can't do that.
0: Uh, I, I, well, it would be different if the, if it wasn't the case of the ratings, but but that is shocking. I think that that is just makes no sense that they are discouraged from using. Well, they're not discouraged, but they're blatant. Basically, they know that if they use it and they get overruled, they 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 they, they lose points. But um. I mean, personally, I, I, I don't, I, I say this all the time again on this show, but I, I hate going into the conspiracy theories and stuff. I think they're just incompetent. I just think they're shit. But I think with this case, I will add, if this is any of a player, if this is Neymar, he is on the floor for 10 minutes and the stretcher comes on and that forces the referee to go and look. Um, and I think the, the the lack of sort of, of um you know the the, the over honesty of, of it being Kalasanch, he, he yeah. you know, he's, he's on the floor, but he gets up very quickly. Um and that we all know how they work. They work for intimidation, right? And and if that's PSG, uh, Nasser Al Khalafi is on the pitch screaming at the ref. Yeah. Right? Look at the state of no. Neymar's ankle, you know. Um Definitely. and I think I think that does play into it as well, without excusing the referee. And the VAR incompetence,
1: and, and whatever happened. And, and one last thing on that point as well, and I, I won't dwell too long on all the VAR stuff because we have a lot of football to cover, but it's also, I think, the media, which are, you know, we, we all know a lot of the media, you know, Canal Plus, Beansport, and so on, have been or are linked to PSG and so on. So, and and every time, let's say, that there's a 50 50 decision go our way, there will be a lot of talk and judging on the referee. You know, and and I think it's harder for a, for a referee to give us a let's call it a 50 50 penalties because he'll know he'll be judged on TV non stop for the next hour after the game. What if it's for PSG? I don't think it's the same treatment, for instance. Um, and I think that is also a bit of a part of the problem. But anyway, let's move on. We have a lot of things okay. to talk uh, about.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was I was cool. I was refraining from being conspiracy, but you've gone full. PSG conspiracy. That's fine, that's fine. As long as it's not me, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that's cool. Um, but, but as you said, so, <sighs> moving on, because, yeah, chronologically, so, Mon- Monaco game was on the Saturday night, and the end of the transfer window was on, on the Tuesday. Now, to recontextualise, we signed Malinowski, and then the whole, there, w- there was this, and we, we debated it on, on the show, didn't we, Alex, early January with Steph, and I think with, Charles, with you and time, the other Stefan Mastan, which was, do we reckon that we need more of a nine or more of a ten to replace Aritz? And um, seemingly because of, of what we discussed, uh, Charles and, and with Stefan, when, when we last recorded about Jeng and the Jenga affair and, you know, the fact that there seems to have been a massive fallout after his really poor appearance uh, in the cup against Rennes and um, his poor attitude. So suddenly it was it seemed to have been decided after the Monaco game, well, certainly before then, but but it seems to happen very quickly, um it was confirmed that we were in for Terraine Mofi from Lorient, who had scored against us the week before, um, who is a good player. Um, and then it's like, okay, so we're going in for him, but Nice are also going in for him. And so it seems that we'd hijacked the deal um because we didn't we'd offered to include Yang in the deal. Um, and there was a lot of back and forth, and it it quickly emerged within sort of 48 hours that Apparently, he wasn't going to go anywhere, not even to Nice. And then there were loads of rumours of Premier League clubs coming in at the same time that we went in. But we apparently had the upper hand because they absolutely wanted to replace him with Deng. I mean, th- do you guys have a view on this whole situation? It was pretty, pretty hilarious, I thought. I mean, first of all, I was happy we were in for a striker, not, not just a, a 10. But also, it was just, it, it seemed to happen very, very quickly that it was it was going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth.
1: Yeah, look. Um, yeah,
2: go on, mate. Uh, go 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 ahead. You started.
1: No, and I think Char Sh- 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 and I are be the same view. We honestly we didn't think we needed a nine, especially an expenses nine, because Alex is just doing such an amazing job at that nine role. You know in terms of pressing in terms of like that that pivot to switch the play from one side to the other you know taking the ball under pressure and just finding the pass to to open up the, the the play and you know basically with Jiang as a substitute usually press as well and you give that kind of speed that you want up front didn't really think when he did a nine and if anything you'd want someone who would be another ten but maybe you know, uh, on on the left side of uh, left-hand space and so on. But then obviously Jeng came out in a game and against Hen in the cup and just did fuck all for 25 minutes which was totally shocking. And in that case, yeah, I think the club wasn't planning to buy a nine and then go like, shit, well actually, Jeng is not ready. He's not the solution and then we only have Alexi and then we are really light at the nine position. And then we went full in for Muffy, which is He's a beast. You know, straight away you put him in, he would bring something. He, he would be available. He would score goals. He's, um, he's used to Liga as well. He knows the Liga. Used Ligue 1. to Liga. You know, you will be able to sell it to the EPL in two, three, four years' time, at least at the same price, even if it doesn't work out that well. Um, but then Murphy seems like he has agreement with some people he knew um, at Nice and he felt like he was going to be the, the main player at Nice and so on and so he decided to go for that shit club instead of us which is okay fair enough. At least you know he, he made the decision based on on views and feelings and relationship more than just money and and instead going for the EPL. And then we decided to go for that young Portuguese potential who looks like 12 years old but he's um He's very dynamic, he seems like he can shoot well and so on, oh, but he's still very yeah, well, raw. Well, we'll come on to him in a so,
0: sec, but just to, just to finish on the whole the whole Muffin thing, Charlotte, you, you say your piece and then we'll, 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 we'll basically explain yeah.
2: what
1: happened.
2: Very quickly, I think it's, I mean, because it's a Marseille view, we're going to take the Marseille side of the story. I would say Ribalta and Longoria still, were still pretty pissed off about what happened last summer. When Nice came at the last minute and hijacked the deal with Southampton, I
0: believe. No, it was Leeds. It was Leeds. With okay. Leeds
2: for Deng. So they were like, okay, now Mofi is pretty much done with Nice. Like Alexei, he got the guys, he knows at Nice he wants to play for Nice. But Lorient's going to have to find a replacement. So why don't we come and suggest Deng and force Nice to extra beat us? because Lorient doesn't have to go very far to find a replacement, decent replacement ah. is Cieng. So don't I don't think, think it's the case, mate. Do you really? I, 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 I think uh, so. Controversy. We yes. were ready yes. to
1: put 30 million, 30 million package for that dude.
2: I think Niz were twenty millions, Then Marseille came and be like, you know what? We I'll give you we, 20 plus exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah. Exactly. Yeah, which is like 30, which is 30. But we
0: that's why. That yeah, but then that forces
1: Nice to pay more, Alex. That's what Charlie said. Yeah, like. yeah, but I, but I, you know, if Muffy would have said yes, we would have, we would have done the deal. But
2: I think, of course, end, I of mean, course, but but that club... that
0: gives Lorient an option to say, well, if you really exactly. want more, so that's you what... have to match Marseille's offer, right? Yeah, that, that's what Lorient. said. I think L'Orient L'Orient it's
2: just said... a
1: player we no? wanted. I think it's the player we wanted, and and you know, we yeah, had so. at some point he didn't want to come. We we offered. Shit, I mean Longoria went all the way to Lorient to talk to Moffitt convincing him to come. Like we were all in. We were, I we think. were, but I guess but I guess the part of it was we we knew
0: that Lorient had already been interested in Dieng, right? So it was it was a, a pretty I mean we've always had good relationships with Lorient. I mean Labrune started the ship with Louis Ferry. Uh we, we, we signed Amalfitano, Morel, we signed a few players from them and then we gave them a few of our ship players. But I mean, it, it made sense to try, um, I guess. I, I guess from, from Charles' point of view, I agree. It's, interestingly, what usually tends to happen is we've seen it with OM, right? Is that we we get interested in a player, a Ligue 1 player, and then Lyon or Lille or Monaco came come in and offer more money or, or they're, they're just in a better place sportingly than we have been in recent years and they and they they get the player. But I, for once, it was the opposite, where, where Longoria and Ribaltas saw an opportunity and probably called them and said, hey, we're looking to get rid of Dieng uh we know that you're talking to Nice about Murphy, we're interested how about we we put something together um it, it it came out in the press and then there were there were rumors it i mean over a 24 hour period so much happened like it was like oh we've got an agreement with Lyon but the player is still still thinking about it and then oh Southampton have come in oh Nice have, have offered 5 million more and and it just went back and forth back and forth i'm i'm happy we tried but i'm also happy that once we knew that probably because the player had the, the honesty and the integrity to say to Lot to Guy straight away, look if I'd prefer to go to Nice if they can do the deal, we walked away. We literally walked away. However, just to conclude on this thing, I'm happy we were able to, to offload Jenk.
1: Yeah, ten million or eight plus two seems like a you know it's okay price, uh, especially yeah, in we paid we paid four
0: hundred K for him. Yeah, we paid four hundred K for him. Exactly.
1: It's we, a good we, deal, I mean, and was...
0: I like the yeah, I like the kid, but but again, it came up during the medical. They tried to 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 get the offer down to five million because there's a screw in his knee or some shit. But at the end of the day, like it's a good sale for us. It's probably our best sale. If you if you take the return on investment into account, the multiplier, it's probably the best sale in, in the club's history <laughs> to, to go from four hundred k <laughs> to ten million. Like, that's time. Don't, don't forget Don't um, um, forget yeah exactly you're right Charles, actually Charles is the uh sorry zombo is the one you're right but but still it's good but at the, yeah, the end good. of the day we 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 actually sold a player for a decent price who who we we all knew that the, the relationship was broken and i personally I didn't see a way back to for him into the squad after what happened against and, him. Go ahead,
2: and like you said, and like you said like typically we are the one with a position like We're selling a striker, 30 millions, and then all the French clubs are looking at us. You guys got a shit lot of money. We're gonna make you pay for any strikers that you want in France, which could have been the case here once again. Like, you're gonna sell Yangs. You need to invest into someone. You go and talk to, I don't know, Montpellier, Toulouse. They'll make you pay like 15, 20 millions. But like Longoria and Ribalta got a lease with 10, 12 strikers already with kind of a pre-contract agreement. And yeah, we got the money immediately and found someone outside France, which yeah, I think because was
0: because a good it deal. Was, yeah, it was, but, but Zuby and Hero, five years ago, they would have, they would have chased till the last day Murphy. And then, <laughs> yeah, oh, shit. Be, oh, has got be, the
2: like, lease. Oh, oh, no. we got ten, 10 millions. We need a new striker. What can we find with 10 millions? And go and knock at the door at Montpellier <laughs> with 10 millions. They will laugh at your yeah. face. Oh, yeah, ah, so. we would have ended
1: up, I'm sure but, we would but, have but, have ended but, Mind you, we did knock at the door, Braga, uh, and they made us pay a hefty sum as yet. well. <laughs> well
0: we it was his price, man. Um but but well let's move on. So that that ended and so we saw Jeng and and as it turned out, Muffy eventually did join Nice. Um and he played against us yesterday, but he did join Nice and and but they had to pay the thirty million and um look, they 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 built they're building something there, they could be a threat to us, but The the who's the niece, one of the niece um sort of sporting directors or whatever used to be his agent, and that's how it that's the truth. Like he'd given him his word, I'll follow you. Uh so fair enough. Look, we tried, at least we tried, but basically that sends a signal to the market that we've got we've got cash and that sends a signal to us fans, right? It's like, Jesus, like it's January. We, we we're willing to spend £30 million on the player in January. I mean, we, we've mentioned this a few times about the p- potential transfer ban and we may not be able to recruit this summer. So you needed to anticipate, I guess, in any case, but it, it's very reassuring um, as to the club's financial state, I guess, personally. I, I was like, cool, OK, even because we know how transfers work and how you spread out the cost over the length of the contract and stuff. But it's like, wow, OK sporting wise we're in we're in the position where we can we can try and challenge for liga um and we can we can certainly try and win the, the cup but it means that we're going all in and we're not shitting ourselves we're, you know we are actually strengthening and strengthening and strengthening and in that sense so the next few days um i think it was mohamed Bouafsi who said "Oh, don't worry about Murphy, there's another signing in the pipeline and lo and behold it's azedine unaï who was uh, one of the star performers for morocco at the world cup um, who was at Angers. I mean, he'd missed the last month out injured, but it was it's quite interesting thinking back again the context, which was after the World Cup ended, it was all over the press in England, the stuff that oh Leicester were willing to offer 40 million for him, and, and Napoli were willing to offer 30 million, and then suddenly nothing happens, it goes quiet, and then out of nowhere, Longoria magic sorts the deal at 10 million, right? And it's like, okay. So oh we've got this have we have we reverted back to forgetting about getting a pure nine and just getting a striker in to replace Yang? The then um but I guess very quickly on on this signing um I think it's great for the price um I, if it would have been more than that like 20 million or 30 million I'd I'd have been a bit worried because of the, the, the we all know like the the um, you know the world cup performers who don't perform after the world cup and stuff it's it's always a bit dangerous but for ten million,
1: it's not really a risk, right? It's a no-brainer. I think if uh, it's eight plus two as well, so you know bonuses, you may not always have to pay these bonuses. So it's the eight same price James, for, effectively, yeah. Yeah, eight, eight million for, for a player of, of that talent is no-brainer. Worst case, you'll be able to sell it. Let's say it really doesn't work, he has few injuries, whatever. You'll sell him six million somewhere, no problem. So it's almost a risk-free business for a player who is young. Wants to come here. Super talented. Can play the ten roles. Can can play, you know, the, the double pivot six roles. Uh, brings you that kind of, of dribbling of like, you know, set trying to break the line with ball at your feet, which is we're lacking a little bit in in our team, especially in the middle of the pitch. And and yeah, I I I was really happy with that piece of business in terms of building the squad, being building option, giving more option to. Um, to our coach, so uh yeah, re- really pleased about that. And one thing I wanted to add, just uh, what you say with you know EPL and all these guys and so on and, and, and all the stuff. Like what we realize is that a lot of that is just bullshit from newspaper. And that's what Malinowski said. Malinowski said very you know uh, uh, clearly. He said there wasn't any other EPL offer. It was only Marseille, and Marseille is a club I wanted to go to. Uh, Unahi as, uh, as well. Look, if there really was these 40 million, 30 million, 20 million, whatever, shit from all the clubs from everywhere, he would have been sold to one of them at some point. So at the end of the day, Marseille was the only one ready to go for it, and I'm more than happy about it. But it shows that a lot of things we're reading on the news about transfers, most of it is bullshit. <laughs>
0: Charles, uh, at some point, you're going to have to just take the initiative and what, not wait for me to prompt you, mate.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just, I just Alex is uh, speaking for very long, so I didn't want to interrupt him. <laughs> no worries. Uh, yeah, no, I fully agree with that. This is a great piece of business. So after Malinowski said, uh, Leo Tolstoy said the most two most powerful warriors are passions and time. And that's what Ribalta and Longo have done on this deal. This is like yeah, agents I guess proposing on bit everywhere because Angie is such in a shit situation about to get relegated. I think they lost twelve they lost twelve games on the world. something like this. So they oh, just, 13, no, yeah. 13, bloody hell. So they've just been waiting, waiting. Yeah, Barcelona is coming. Apparently, a loan option blah with no I mean not an option to buy. And yeah, at the end Anj was like this is the only like Alex says, this is the only offer on table. And in terms of planification as well. I mean, we kind of all guess that Genduzi might leave any of the season. Apparently Aston Villa and um, you and I Remy, wants to make Genduzi's new uh, Parero in Aston Villa. So, I mean, in terms of planification, his succession is already planned. Um, Ari's going to come back. The two are really good mates. So, yeah. Like Alex said, it was a no-brainer, great piece of business, great price. It's a bargain for the. I mean, such a player. Now we're going to still always have the question around a player being so hot during the World Cup. Can he deliver? Can he keep on delivering? But at that price, and on top of that, they've been scooting the players for like a year. So it's not like the World Cup has changed their mind. It was already on the card. So they got enough data or information about the player, <laughs> yeah. which makes he, them like... He- Despite the heat yeah. of the World Cup, he's going to keep delivering at a higher level at Marseille. So, no brainer. To me, that's the best, best deal we've done over the winter. I mean, I love Malinowski. The Vini looks very interesting, but to me, that's, that's an amazing deal we made with Hunay.
0: Yeah, to get to, well again, just to, yeah, to get him. Despite all the hype and all the rumors and stuff, we, we get him for actu- his actual price. I think he's not worth more than that, personally. So, that works and um. Just to finish on him is the, uh, the 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 whole apparently the role that I mean Arit played in, in the whole thing. You know, he revealed in his press conference of the other day um, during the World Cup, Arid flew out after the, the before the the semi-final against France and basically said, "Oh, let's have a chat." And it was it was nothing to do about the World Cup. It was like, "Mate, don't hesitate, come to Marseille. The atmosphere is great. You know, there's really ambitious squads." Um, and we we you know you, you'd make the right decision we're building something and, and the, the coach would certainly love to have you and stuff so it's good it's good again that not so long ago we were in the shit and we were signing shit players and, and we didn't have much of a project to sell them and suddenly even our own players I'm going to their teammates saying bro you know it, it, I don't know if the rumours with Barcelona Napoli or, or, or Leicester or the Premier League are true but you should seriously consider OM because it's it's actually could be a good stepping stone for you and and it's a very credible project so that was a good thing and and hopefully it delivers and we we'll, we we'll, we'll go to the nod game next very quickly but he scored against nods so he's sort of already won the hearts of a lot of us and that's it just to finish on the transfer window um Unai happens, and then it's again more then the UFC and other sources say, no, no, guys, Marseille is still in for a player, and it is a striker. Um, and there were a few rumours. Um, uh, there was Azmoon from Leverkusen, the Iranian national, international, that apparently Longoria has always been a fan <laughs> of. Um, there's, there were a couple of other rumours as well. Some some guy, some kid from this Norwegian club. Uh, it, it's just classic words that I was like, yeah. Not yes. Italian, Denmark. That's it. So Denmark, but uh, but th- it was all over the place. And then suddenly, Vitinha, and it's like, oh, who's this kid, right? And all of us are like, YouTube. Uh, it's like, whoa, okay, he's on we form. We are watching every weekend, man. <laughs> 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 yeah, shit. Sorry, <laughs> that's what I meant to say. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, no, but he, yeah, it's 13 goals in 17 games. Looks in form. Has a has a, a um, release clause at, at 30 million euros. You're thinking, oh, okay. Um, and we start talking to him and then pretty much the very same day, it's like, OK, you know, we, we Braga willing to negotiate, but fucking Southampton have come in and then Brighton have come in. And then it's like, oh, I think all of us, this was on the Monday nights, so the day before the deadline day, all of us are thinking, oh, for fuck's sake, right, Premier League, here we go. Yet another one where the, the, the club who's 16th in the Premier League can outspend... Olympique de Marseille, who played in the Champions League this season, and it, it, yeah, you don't know what to expect. And then very quickly on the Tuesday morning, I was I was in a work meeting, and all I could feel is my phone going mental in my pocket, and I'm thinking, whoa, whoa uh, this, this something must be going on. And the minute I walk out the meeting, I sort of knew, I suspected, I was like, oh, maybe it's something good. And then I see all of your messages, Alex, Charlemagne the others. I'm like, fuck, he's chosen Marseille, and, and he's boarding a flight to Marseille. And it's the striker, and it's like, whoa, okay, shit. We've, you know, we've, So we spent 13 million on Malinovsky, 10 million on Lei, and now we're putting in, I think it's 26 plus four for this, this kid. And it's like, whoa, okay, so he's chosen us over the Premier League, and we've, we've spent the money. And again, we're going all in, and Nogoria and, and, and Ribalta are backing their coach, and it's very exciting.
1: Yeah, look, no, I, I think you know, he, I think we, we overpaid compared to what his current level is on the pitch. But, but the problem is in of,
0: Portugal it's the release clause system, right? And that's the, of the course,
1: reason why it's the price. It, it's prices for young talented striker. You know, it's hard to find because the Premier League can pay that without any problem. Like any. Flipping Southampton can put 30 million on a kit like this, while for us it becomes potentially our biggest transfer ever. Um, now the only thing is, I, I, I reckon his current value on the pitch is more of a I don't know, let's say 18-20 million player. But you know you have to overspend to to get you know the youth and the potential of this guy because we you know we are buying potential there, um, but he's very Tudor like. Like if you think of a player, I think he reminds me a bit of Simeone from uh, you know the, the striker who used to play with Tudor or is Lissandro Napoli? Lopez. Yeah. yeah, he's a Napoli now or, or Lissandro Lopez. But that's the kind of decision you have. Like do you want to put 30 million on an older guy like a Simeone who okay he wouldn't be available just now, but you know that type of player uh n- now, which first is really hard to find the experienced striker like this. And you know, it's it's uh, you wouldn't be able to to sell him for much more money later on. While here, you you take a punt on a younger guy, a guy who can work behind Alexi for a year or two, and and still bring a lot, and hopefully, you know, develop into the the, the kind of Simeone or, or Lisandro Lopez level that we all hope he, he could be. But he's definitely he's quick, he's strong, he presses. He seems to have a good shot. I'm not sure his first touch is amazing, but you know something they can work on. And look, Alexi would be the best coach you can ever dream of. So, look, it's rare for us to put so much money on a player. It's exciting. It's it's risky. It's not as as a you know clear cut as a Murphy. With a Murphy, you know what you have, and you know that True. you you'll be able to sell. Here, it's more of a gamble because I think we were. We are put under pressure and go like, oh yeah, we, we need to do something. And this kid is talented and we just went for it. We pulled the trigger and it's just exciting to see how we're going to develop. So, um, you know, we'll talk about Nice later on. It hasn't been perfect, but he, he has all the tools to do well with Tudor.
0: Yeah, I guess Charlotte, Charlotte over, your time to shine because you, you've got all the stats, websites and stuff. Like, I think you were the one yeah. on the group who posted to all of us, like the WhatsApp group, about shit he's like an alexei clone in terms of his his defensive runs and his tackles and in the final thirds and that type of thing right
2: yeah i just mentioned some planification i mean you can see alexei having another one year two years uh, in his legs and vitinha learning from him potentially being paired from time to time uh but what I really like is that profile is Vitina is, I don't know if you know a, a bit about him, but he's a late bloomer. He was not expected to have such a amazing career and such a progress, amazing, he made a lot of progress recently, pretty much for the last 18 months. He was almost got called at the World Cup, but more importantly, he got all the soft skills that Longoria and Ribalta have been searching for all the people been recruiting, hardworking, super professional, working hard pressing hard thinking about the team first before their own personal case which kind of also decrease the risk of a complete flop so yeah it's expensive because braga is potentially winning the title this year in portugal he is almost a portuguese um can be big called by the world cup but he has a great potential. He's definitely is gonna fit perfectly with with Tudor. And he's gonna work next to um to Alexia. You know, like we lost Yang, we always said like, Oh yeah, when I was little, I was a big fan of Alexis Sanchez. Man, we give you chat for 20 minutes, you don't do nothing. And you're learning from Alexis every day. And that's how you display and you play when you're on the pitch.
0: Yeah, With yeah, Vitinia, yeah. have little dot
2: yeah. it will it will deliver on that. It will work out because that's what is done. At Braga, and he will do it again. So I have no doubt he, he will succeed at Marseille.
0: I agree, just on the Jeng, the, the you know, Sanchez mentoring. The, the minimum you'd expect Jeng to, to, to gain from Sanchez is the mentality, the attitude, and and the fact that, as we discussed, he, sho- he showed what he showed against him, just his mentality and stuff. It's like, mate, you've failed. you failed. You, I don't, I don't think he's cut out for the top level, but we'll find out. And it's not our problem anymore, but. Just just to finish on on and the Mercado, I guess it's you know we spent a decent amount of money. So first of all, I'm, I'm reassured about the financial state of the club, and we're obviously going all in. And if we qualify for Champions League, we won't even be worrying about these, these this money we spent in this winter. But it's more like for the last since Gomes left, we've we've gone in half measured on strikers. We've you know, we've, we've, we've taken Germain and then it's like, oh, Le Grand Attaquant that whole summer. And we end up with Mitroglou, 50% of Mitroglou in the last day. And then it doesn't work out. Or oh, Mitroglou was OK, but it wasn't, you know, the, the 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 sort of step up we expected. And then the next summer, the same, you get Benedetto and you're like, yeah, he's good. He's come from Boca Juniors, but he's 28 years old and he's just come back from a knee injury. And he's 12 million again. And and the whole the whole sort of last five, six, seven years has felt like we've you know we've we've gone for the, the 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 easy fix or the or the half good, but hopefully he comes good, but if he doesn't, at least we wouldn't have spent a lot of money on him. And that's the the reality with strikers is that there's either ten million strikers or there's thirty plus thirty million press strikers. And ten million gets you a safe pair of hands and ten goals a season, but if you want potential and you want a, a talent and you want quality it's minimum 30 million and i'm glad that whether it works out or not i think as alex you mentioned it it's the same with Unai, the, the sort of profile is that you can you can sell him for at least for what you bought him for because he's still young in a couple of years if he flops then he can at least recoup your investment but but what if he comes good and he explodes and it, it, that's, that's the money you need to spend if you want quality. You need to invest, and again, it's a lot of fans will be thinking of oh, thirty million on a twenty-two-year-old unknown Portuguese guy, whatever. But if we quite, if he gets his Champions League, we want that, that money's already paid for. The transfers paid for. So is a Unai's transfer, and so is Malinowski. So it's it's ambitious, and it, it makes sense to me. And I'm happy that the, the club are showing ambition and hopefully Longoria and Riberta's success from last summer with the signings continues. Um, and we now need to, to move back to the football. Um, so all of these amazing signings happened. And the next day we were playing Nod last week away at their place. Um, they were missing a few players, but I think we've won there often in, in recent years, but it's never been easy. Um, and we came away with... I felt a pretty comfortable 2-0 win away. Um, they never really threatened us. Um, I think at the beginning of the game, we, we, we were a bit nervous and they, were, they had a couple of, of half chances and stuff. But as soon as we took control, they never really threatened us and we, we came away with a pretty comfortable 2-0 win with... Um, who was the first scorer? Under, yeah, it was a bit of a weird goal where, um, again... To Tudor's benefit, you know, Clus was back this time. He was back in the squad and he still started Tavares on the right. And Tavares on the right led to him creating the first goal for under by, by drifting inside and playing a free ball. Um, the, the sort of hit under, then hit the defender, went past the keeper, but a goal's a goal. And then uh, Kluz came on and he then got thought, a, a, a very impressive assist for, for Unai. I think it was his first touch. Just plays it through to him perfectly, perfect pace on the ball. And Nunayi skins the player, um, gets a bit lucky with with, with the, one of the touches, but then buries it perfectly. Um, good good performance. Pretty or, or was not just just not up to to your standard to to threaten us, Alex.
1: Yeah, first of all, I think our, our defenders and defensive midfielders have really controlled the game really well. Like we've we've been really good on you know counter pressing. As soon as you lose the ball, boom, we are then in, in, in getting the ball back. Um, we haven't been amazing in the first half, uh with the ball. We've been really good in terms of you know keeping not under pressure, but we haven't been too good at you know passing the ball around and switches one side to another. It hasn't been you know really a good flow with the ball in the first half but then in the second half you know he switched uh, Tavares who started on the right switched him on the left and straight away Tavares came in brought some speed and delivered that pass to Hunder in the through ball which which made the difference Um, and I think if I remember correctly I think he brought Genduzin in instead of Malinowski. So Malinowski, in the first half, he was on the left-hand space, and you know the guy is usually on the other side because he wants to use his left foot to come in and and shoot. But there's Under there, and Under is on form, Um, so he replaced Malinowski and brought uh, Genduzi in, and Genduzi helped you know fluidify that midfield, and we were a lot better at passing the ball from one side to the to the other. And then we were creating more chances overall. Um, then I think in that game, there was a bit of back and forth and we were, we were starting to, you know, uh, defend a bit, a bit lower, closer to our goal and playing counter attack and not had a bit more chances. And we, we had a lot of good chances from uh, close. from, pff, I can't remember exactly. I think there must be one from Alexi, where uh, <laughs> <laughs> We did some crazy shots. Um so you know, we we didn't decide to do, let's say, like last year and try to control the ball and do pasadis and kill the time. We're just trying to play a counter counter game, and at some point we find a way to score. It was pretty much on the last play of the game where Hunai scored. Uh, you know, showed his 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 full talent with the ball and his dribbling and. As I was saying before, I thought it's something that we really missed since uh, the injury of, uh, of Harrit. He's that kind of guy that can just go in there and dribble and create chaos in, in a defense just with ball at feet. And just they did a, you know, marvel touch, scored that goal, and he was overall a very controlled performance. Dominated um, our defender, defensive midfielder, have been amazing the whole game, and then we had enough talent in the attack to 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 make them pay.
2: I think the big difference from the first half to the second half is the attitude of Veretou and Ranger. In the first half, they been really good at counter pressing, but what they done with the ball was pretty much recy- recycling the ball from left to right, leaving uh, with Colasinach and, and Tavares uh, to make the difference. While in the second half they tried a bit more to find the skies between the lines. So you talk about Under, you talk about Genduzi when he come in, you talk about Sanchez as well, which love who loves dropping. So I think that made a big big difference in the second half. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Nantes has never been up for the task. Um, this is not good enough. Not, I mean, they don't have the talent to threaten or man-to-man marking. It was just about breaking their um, their fort. And yeah, we managed to do it. It was a great goal, by the way, by, from under. Uh, once again, amazing activity, doing the whole game, uh, running left to right, starting as a right full back and coming back with a very re- wing back. And just, he's been outstanding again, doing this game. He's, um, yeah, he's been our most consistent player now since uh, we came back from the World Cup. So I, I guess Alex is gonna love that comment. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a big difference, and, and obviously, uh, when goal it's just, it's just class. Um, he come in, you can see this guy is not really good yet at pressing. He doesn't yet get the physical intensity. That's why I don't think he's going to start. Uh, but talent-wise, he's there. He can get the ball, move it forward, dribble. He can do a lot of things with the ball. So um, he started to display that, but he, he's not going to start this year. I don't think so. He's not physically ready for it.
0: Yeah, he's just come back from injury as well, and and I think any of the the signings. I mean, Malinowski is starting to come a bit good, but you have to adapt to the league. And but Unai's already played here, but you have to to adapt to Trudor and and the activity that he demands. And he's just come back from injury. We'll give him time. Um, but that that's pretty much all there is to say about Nods. Um, and that brings us on sadly to a sour yeah. note to finish the podcast, which is yesterday's. Shit show against Nice. Now, I mean, Tudor, you know, qualities and stuff. Still learning, and I, I get this right, but but he did this last time and it backfired ah, already.
2: I, I want to hear Tudor out.
0: <laughs> ah, no, 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 no! Come on, come on, it's, Yeah, yeah, yeah! You, we we already exposed you last time for for being the frauds that you are. You you didn't even want him to join <laughs> us at the start, so. <laughs> um, but anyway, he, he said it, and he, and I don't get this, right? I mean, surely you've said this to the players behind closed doors, but to come out in the press conference and say, yeah, I feel for Payet, you know, he's been working hard and um, he does deserve more minutes. You know what, I'm going to start him tomorrow. And it's like, I mean, you can imagine that, that he's had this chat with Payet and that's fine and stuff, but but why, first of all, disclose that to your opponent? Yes. And then it's it's like... What I don't get, and, and we can, we'll can we we'll go into a bit more detail on this game in a minute, but it's like, if you're going to rotate, because we're playing PSG on Wednesday in the Cup, right, at home, okay, but if you're going to rotate, we're playing Clermont and then Toulouse next week, and it's, that's the time to rotate against some of totally. the weaker teams. Totally, totally. And to, to, to not only, I mean, Payet, okay, fine, but but what I did, I understood even less, was starting Vitignac and starting and taking Verdu out, um, I mean, it's not nothing against genduzi but, but Veretout and Rongier have been the constant and have been the balance and spine of this team. And, and it just, I, that was the one that made the least sense to me, was, was taking out Veretout because straight away, you know that you're going nice to, you know, whatever people think of them. They've been in form and in the last 10 games, they're one of the, the top five sides in Ligue 1 in terms of results. And it's like, whoa, guys, like. It felt like we were underestimating them slightly. So, um, first of all, just your feedback on, on the lineup, guys, very quickly. Were, were you as surprised as I was? Go on, Charles.
2: Uh, yeah. Um, I, yeah, everyone was surprised. Uh, but I think it was kind of a farewell to Dimitri Payet. He wanted to publicly back him, he's a good guy so far this season, he's not been complaining, he's been on the bench so, guys, I'm going to let you know, he's a good guy, so he deserves us t- to start but I think that he knew it was over so I think he just put Dimitri Payet under the, under oh, the train
0: you're, 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 yeah, 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 I'm liking this, keep going keep going
2: <laughs> so, so, yeah, but I mean from a tactical point of view, if you want to put Dimitri Payet under the train, you don't expose the whole team by putting Genduzzi Tavares, behind him. You just start, like you say, you start Veritu. Potentially, you put Kolasinac. But just, yeah. It, I mean, and, and, I can understand you want to start Dimitri Payet, but you need to make sure like those are 10 players going to be consistent and get your result. And,
0: and you're removing Sanchez's activity that could almost compensate for San, for, for, for Payet, right? And it's, and again, back to the
2: lineup. I mean, and, and I Sanchez be, and Veritu like,
0: have...
2: And, sorry, and, I'm not, Go ahead. Go ahead. and I'm not buying into the whole story like yeah, we are just so focused about the game on Wednesday against Paris Saint-Germain that we want to kill our chance in the league. I mean it's way too early to do that. It's not like we have so much, so many points difference with Monaco or even Lille. So I think it's just a mistake made by Tudor uh, on the starting lineup.
0: Uh, agree, the, and, and such are, as are the ones that didn't need the rest, they've been the two ones that looked the fittest and, and the best in the last three games. So they 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 were the last two you would take out personally.
1: The thing is, for a team like if we thought we would get the ball most of the time and it wouldn't be too too difficult, it is more trying to blow to 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 uh, beat a a low block against a random mess or whatever, you know, because you, you put ball players like Genduzi, like Payet, even to some extent like Underd, doesn't really have the intensity you want, but a very good skills player to, to break a low block. But Nice didn't really play like that at all. They play a really good game, very intense, very physical, and we just didn't have the the the, the lineup to, to to beat that, especially the front three. So you you play a young lad who just arrived three days ago, and then behind you have Payet who's totally out of shape. Like it, it, I, I was I was his biggest fan last year because it was really fitting well the the Sampoli style, but this Let's year it's just, it, it's just not working. This Let's year sorry
2: last year only i think you and you and i were on the train in early john when he did one Oh game. yeah no,
1: yeah <laughs> I, I i i i thought i thought um with uh harry's injury i thought he would have a lot of game time and then it would come back to to his level i think it's the kind of guy that doesn't work too hard at training and he needs you know the, these kind of run of three four five six games and and then he, he gets he's his a, he's steps a back and then he can make Gignac a
0: difference. They they need they need they build up their their sharpness, their match intensity. Over because they're quite time. lazy both of
1: them. At, at training they are not the most professional and, and they're not the hardest workers of training, it's very well known. So these guys need game time. So Payet is not the guy that you put on a random game here and there, especially against a good team. He's not the guy for the last 20 minutes of a game usually because he's just not quite there. He, need, he needs game time to feel, you know, to have the ball, to feel his passes, to feel his stuff. And yesterday was just awful. And um, it's been few games this year that uh, uh, um, uh, Tudor just says, look, I'll, I'll, I'll rotate I put a team more about resting players and you feel that he thought would be more like, okay, this team can handle 45 minutes or so will be worst case would we'll be at some kind of nil nil. And then I'll put the A team and would we'll be good enough to, to make a difference. But every time he did that against Frankfurt or against Ajaccio it's and Transbourg. now against, uh, against Strasbourg and, and so on. Every time he tried that thing, it just backfired. Yeah. Um, so you know at some point, I think his phone three wasn't ready for the challenge um uh he wasn't ready for fighting nice he wasn't ready to press them, and they played us really well as as I kind of say did. with Monaco nice really spread spread outside they were ready to to take chances with the ball they they spread they, us they, also they didn't- they didn't miss their chances compared to Monaco. They scored. Exactly. So they let us press, they're less coming, but they're very wide. So we're coming and it's really hard to press, especially when you have like guys like Paye and who, who are not the best at pressing. So we're trying to press a very wide defense. And then they play this kind of long ball to like a Mofi, who then would find two very fast guys in the counters, and they are like Laborde and Job. Or even that that right wing back, I can't remember his name, but he was extremely fast as well. And they just got us, you know, in the same same kind of uh, setup as Monaco. Uh, but the difference is this time they they score their goals mostly because you know our keeper, who I I think highly of, but he's not the best on on the planet on his line, and he chose he, he chose on on that game. He, he, Couple of mistakes, not everything on him, but he made a bit of mistakes, and the defense would a bit slow. Like Gendouzi was a bit slow to come out, um, um, um uh, Leo Balardier as well. You know, a few little things, few little details. But usually, what we did this year is we have this squad that just from the get-go, from the start again, put a huge pressure on the opponent, and and we can suffocate them for 45, 60 minutes, and and at some point they start to break. Um, but now when you put a Payet, when you put uh, uh, you know, Vitinha, who's not quite ready, and even Under to some extent, and then Gendu Zibia, like the press hasn't been as consistent, hasn't been as strong, and the team know how to play that press a bit better uh, against us. So, um, the, the, the better team, certainly, yeah. The, the better team, exactly. You know, the Monacolis and maybe Lars, um, if we play Lars against, uh, you know, uh, and then we'll against Paris. That'd, that'd be a really good test. Um, and then you in the second half, we come back and you, you put Alexia... <laughs> My secret little pleasure is seeing Alexi press, especially against the goalkeeper. The way just angle is 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 run, so you know the, the keeper cannot pass on one side of the pitch, and then he has to force a very rubbish pass uh, with his wrong foot and so on. And straight away the old press is a lot better, um, and we've been able to create that dynamism with Alexi coming in, with also um Malinowski who's got that touch, who's really good between the line, and obviously he's got that shot and that feeling for goal. And we were a very different team. And you know, it, it was really close from us to 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 go two two and and then you know under a few shots as well and we could easily be two two and then it would have been a very different game. But you know, it wasn't meant to be nice had quality, they 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 won that game as you know sometimes we we have won this kind of game with the BRL where well, this time it was nice, nice Turn, and you know, it is what it is. I'm, I'm not too worried about that game. Um, I just think we'll, we'll be ready for Paris, and I bet we're going to beat them. So, here we yeah, go. I
0: think, I, think the, I agree the lineup was the problem. I mean, I'll, um, we'll, we'll finish off in a minute, but I I can't resist, guys. Um, and and I get stoned for this, as in stoned, as in I, I get destroyed in the course of public opinion and our also group. But I'm fucking done with Payet. I mean, yeah. start, Charles gave us a stat earlier, like he, 53% of past success. And I don't care if you're not fit, whatever. But when you, when you you are Dimitri Payet and and you have the quality that a lot of fans sadly still believe he, I think he's still capable of it in the right conditions, but. If, if even you, your passes on coming off and your set pieces on quality, then there's no fucking place for you in this team. And I just hope it's the end. Um, and I hope that if it hasn't already happened, I seriously hope that they sit him down soon and say, mate, it's very fucking clear. Your legs are gone. Your body's gone. And even if you haven't been a dick and you haven't been crying about not playing and you haven't leaked stuff to the press and not tried to blow up the dressing room, it's over. If you stay, we'll put you in the reserves, or you will get maximum fun, like cameo five minutes appearances when we're forming up against shit teams. But you are not <laughs> going to be a first team player next year. It's not possible with the demands of the system and the no, and the quality definitely. of the people, just the quality of the, of the the competition he has now. We don't need him anymore. We're not yeah. dependent on him, and and the things we were dependent on him for, he's not capable of doing well anymore. So thank you for the memories. It's time for you to, to grow a pair and, and either fuck off to Saudi Arabia or China for a big contracts or retire with dignity. Uh, and that's it. Anyway. That's that's my piece, I guess. But but if, to finish off on this show. No, but he is he is if he if he if he does not year, he will wait, he will ruin his legacy for, for the, the few fans he has left that still would build a statue for the guy for I'm not sure for what, because this one's fucking zero it must say. Thanks for the, the goals, and he's going to leave Marseille if he retires. Harsh.
2: The You're only harsh. trophy he will win if we
0: don't win anything this year will be a Puskas Trophy for that goal last year against against um, the Greek team, and that will be the only trophy he has in his cabinet at home. It's sad. I guess just to finish off, Charles, um, before we, we we very quickly preview PSG, is um, is it for you like as Alex said? Do you think it's an accident purely caused by the lineup and, and underestimating yeah. these, or do you think it's it's a sign of, of a bigger problem?
2: No, I mean it. It was an accident. Uh, we got it wrong with a starting lineup. You have two goals to come back. You are just impossible. But we almost came back. I mean the goal, the action just before the three one is Alexis Sanchez shooting a goal, and typically that's two two and not a, a three one. Um, the only area of concern is our man to man marking, um, Ballerdi, Nuno. Um, you know, it, it's a, like you said, it's a very demanding. Defensive system. In, in
0: in in the second half, sorry, I just remember seeing Gigot was was he's good at it. He's good at going forward. Kolasinac was doing it too, but very often that meant that we were left with Balard and Rongier in coverage. And and I think it was more twice minimum, probably three times where there's a there's a long ball comes in and
1: Rongier. I think,
0: yeah, twice. Rongier completely fucks <laughs> up the um his his control or his attempted clearance, and that exposed us twice, and that's what led to the third goal from Nice. But. Um, I understood we you know we understand we have to take risks and stuff, but as you say, Charles, that that's sort of a bit of a worry that
2: we're not we're able to, to, to even do that properly. The, I think from the attitude point of view, it's I mean the guys have delivered and they put a strong performance and run a lot, so nothing to to criticize them from. But at some point, this man to-man marking started to feel like you know andsa or like he was just way too much, like you don't have to follow your guys everywhere on the pitch at some point you need to switch player i mean the first goal is typically the case we're like what is mbeba doing here the line is 10 meters up why are you falling job in your own box just because it's there so i mean and we're going to get more, more exposed if team get this and starting to switch player we're going to have like a very fast player dropping a lot of space against i guess palerdi and conversely a very technical guy facing Nuno, Nuno in the middle of the pitch where Nuno is not capable of intercepting the ball. So this, I, maybe I'm wrong but I never felt like in the first half was that exposed with our man-to-man marking. Is Tudor asking more man-to-man marking rather than switching or it's just the team, the opposi- opposition exposing us, or exposing us more than before. I, I don't have yet reached a conclusion on that but that's the only concern that I have our defensive attitude. Um, so, so yeah. Well, uh, fact,
0: mate, I've got to be honest, right. you're not filling me with, me with optimism when I'm looking forward to playing PSG on Wednesday, to be honest. I mean,
2: well, yeah, so um, I'm thinking about Jumbo when was it Imbula, M- like literally chasing Verratti in his oh, own mate. box, Well, he was our only yeah. sole holding midfielder and just exposing our. Back to, uh at the uh, front so it does feel a little see. bit like this
1: and that's the risk but and you we, we'll see if Tudor has the the the, the, the skill uh, you know to tweak a big system well, or just uh, few uh,
2: things it, it'd be interesting but it was not like this the first half right or no, is it,
0: I, um, I, no I hear you guys but there, there comes a point where where I mean Vertu has it compared to Rongier sometimes that, that you've got to have football IQ you've got to use your brain and make you're, you're on the pitch. I mean, should not Trudeau. Your experience should help you make those split decisions, which is no, I shouldn't go up this time or whatever. So we we need to. The players need to to, to sort of use that, that 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 what they've got in their brains. Effectively, they need some of them need to step up and start leading. Um, And and another example, we we debated it at length, but that second goal we conceded against Tottenham that knocked us out of Europe completely. It's another example of exactly what we're describing and and you just need to have some common sense sometimes and someone needs to play it safe. Um, But we'll finish off on this, without going into detail and detailed analysis, but
2: what do we reckon on Wednesday? Noah, don't you go against Muffy. No, well, you
0: go, go, him, mate. There's nothing I, to say. I mean, It'd be too embarrassing for Muffy. We're not even good go there, mate.
2: I don't but, know if you got rugby fans <laughs> in that uh, listening to <laughs> yeah, us, yeah. but like the Muffy gigou I mean, two no, He was 6 nations. No, he
0: great game. G-Gigo has been a great defender. Um, shout out to Callum, but yeah, me and him both agree. He's, he's been one of our top defenders. I think he's... He's not quite Champions League level, but for Ligue 1, he's a he's bon bourrin des familles, like as we say, he's a, he's a, he's a solid, hard tackler. Um, I'm surprised he doesn't get booked more than he does, but no, he had a great game. But um, we'll see, because Wednesday, PSG, um, Mbappé is out, Akimi might be out, uh, Renato Sanchez is out um, very quickly. Why
1: Akimi might be out? Is he injured? He, he played he went, the he went, last game.
0: Yeah, but he went off injured.
1: It's All right. care of oh, maybe it
0: That's was a, a precaution. Joke. Maybe it was a precaution. Yeah,
1: might, but, be. Um, might be. We'll see. But uh, I th- very quickly, I, th- I think M- Yeah, look, I, I think, firstly, what a relief not having Mbappé, because Mbappé would have had a field day with a high line and so on, or if we would have not been as high, then we wouldn't really have played our game. So that Mbappé factor is huge. Uh, just by his... I'm not even talking about his goal-scoring, you know, skills away. Just his speed is such a worry for a defense. So, so, so that is amazing. And, uh, you know, other question, big question is, is uh, Neymar injured or not, because otherwise, you know, you have Verratti and Neymar who are extremely skilled to be to be pressed with just, you know, a couple of flicks of the ball. But if you have just Verratti, uh, as good as he is, you know, it's maybe we could press with a bit more conviction Obviously, you have that little guy, Messi, but uh, Gigo will uh, eat him alive, obviously. <laughs> um No, I, I think if if they don't have Akimi, if they don't have um, Mbappé, and, you know, they don't have that Nuno Mendes, I think as well he's not around. They're lacking a lot of that speed that could have hurt us. Um,
0: and, and, and they've been pretty shit recently.
1: They've been pretty shit. And, you know, having... When you have a messy up front, like and and you don't have a speedy guys around, like what are you gonna do? Like are they gonna try to, you know, they have a lot of technical mid- midfielder. They're gonna try to keep the ball and play in our field, but we're not gonna let that happen. We're gonna press like like mad. So I reckon PSG will try to play counter more, but they may not have really the the players for that. So. You know, it's going to be a very difficult game. Obviously, they have better players than us overall, but it feels that for once, tactically, it's, you know, it will be an interesting battle. It'd be an interesting battle. Uh, they, they don't have that speed up front, and, and that gives me a bit more confidence than normal.
0: And, and we, we have the better sort of, well, theoretically, we've had the better run recently in terms of points and wins. We're the, we're the confident team, and they're not, in theory, right?
2: That could play as well. Charles, anything to yeah. add? Yeah, I think we're going to physically hammer them. I mean, it's one week before Champions League Bayern and the guys are thinking about it, definitely. So it, it's... I mean, and we just lost one, so we want to bounce back quickly. I guess Alexi now, a good bit fresher legs, as well I call Asinac. So I think it's just going to be... I mean it's just gonna run over them and we're gonna make can them be pay. Brutal. For, it can uh, yeah, be it's gonna be brutal. Uh now the okay. question is coming back. Ben is about the ref. I mean I hope that the refs know <laughs> <how> to start <laughs> with selling everything. But if the referee is really trying to give us a proper game where they have physical challenges and we can play our game, then I think we might uh get through that uh that round. So um
0: we'll
2: see. so fingers oh, crossed go ahead. Last okay. thing I wanted to add is that I think we're gonna <laughs> get the ball. Uh, more than we can expect. And Galtier is likes his defensive attitude and protecting his goal. But the players, the Paris players don't have the attitude to defend and work hard. So I think we're gonna have is they gonna they're gonna leave us the ball, but we're gonna have more space than we expect. So it's gonna be oh, yeah. about being clinical as well. Exactly. Um, Totally. totally, but we will get the, the chances? Definitely. We
0: need to score the chances. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, finish <coughs> off. I agree. Uh, it's the first time you want to be optimistic because the signs are there and the dynamics there, and, and they're missing Mbappe and all of that. But yeah, you and
2: never Payet know. Won't be but, um, sorry? And Payet won't be playing for the first yeah, time. Exactly,
0: yeah, exactly. Payet, thanks. Um, but more than anything, um, I think Tudor we, we showed this at the first the first game there and for whatever reason the result and stuff, but Tudor won't shit himself. He, it's his way or the highway, he has one system for, for better or for worse. We know this now. And his expectation and message to the players will be, guys, there's sixty seven thousand people in the Villa Uh we can we can actually ruin their season and and really destroy them mentally if we if we go for them. It's not. You're never going to get a better chance to to win over the fans and to get, have a shot at the title and winning a trophy. So that's the message for me: is go for it. Nothing to lose. But we do have the quality. And and in past seasons, yeah, it's you know it's difficult. You know when we won there one nil. Um, you know Tourvan scored and then Pab J and Camara and, and Alvaro Gonzalez is just, you know great. They had a great game and Paris was shit. But it, it's you know it was a fluke um but we have Mbemba and Kolarasinach and and and, Gigo and Sanchez they don't give a fuck about Paris Saint-Germain and, and Messi and Mbappe who the fuck you are they're like guys we played in the Manchester derby and we played in in the Milan derby and, and we played in Champions League semi-finals and stuff we're not scared of who you are and that's the big step up is that those guys will say to 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 the others will be like guys if we if we go at them and we've run at them and we tackle them hard, they'll shit themselves and they'll start crying to the referee and Neymar will, will probably get sent off. And that's the game plan. The game plan was is... The ref,
2: was the ref, to is that Le Texier?
0: Yeah, well, It's oh, yeah, well, not going to help. But, um, but <laughs> regardless of that, we can we can take them out of the game mentally and we know that we will boss them around physically and that's it. I, I, we're all hoping we'll win. Um, and, and it's our best shot in the years against PSG... Let's hope we do it. And let's finish on that, guys. Um, thanks again for joining. Um, it's, yeah, it's always up and down, I guess, but um, hopefully we can record on Monday and we'll all be enthusiastic because we will have smashed the the, 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 the Qatari scan tomorrow and we will have won again at the weekend and we'll be on a, a positive run again.
2: Uh, that's all we wish for, man. And uh, tomorrow's going to be a cracking game, and uh, yeah, we just want to have a big win a big, big yeah. win that would make yeah, uh, yeah. that make our week amazing. So, uh, that's what we want, and we big hope for this games. So, hopefully, it's going to deliver.
1: I, th- I think, I think for this game, wise well, keys, if we lose, I don't think it would impact our season too much. Um, I think we'll still beat all the small teams that we have to beat and, and you know, we'll, we'll get back into the, the mindset of the league. But if we win, wow, if we win, you could have something special. Ah, um,
0: you
1: know, I think the player going to feel it. It will remind me the, the Deschamps, year, Deschamps year where season was kind of average and then, you know... We qualified for the final of the League Cup, and and since then we were unbeaten for months because everybody was so excited to win a title. And especially um, especially
0: beating beating Bordeaux, who were who beaten us in the league for two years, where we were yeah, were best and, it was Bordeaux, it was finally, and he was about It finally yeah, it felt like it was the transition, right? It felt like finally we're above them psychologically, and it's our turn this time.
1: And this to, could be the to, same like, you. Totally. And here beating PSG at home, we haven't done that for like, I don't know, I can't remember, ten years or something. Um, you know, I think it could be very special. So only positive vibes. There's a fair chance for once I feel for once I feel that we can do it. And here we go, looking forward to it.
0: And we will be back to debrief for better or for worse this uh, this time next week. Um thanks guys for listening thanks for joining and any questions or comments you know where to find us on twitter take care guys bye bye